In today's gospel, we have uh, the Sermon of the Mount, except it's in a level ground for Luke, uh, as opposed to the Sermon on the Mount, which is in Matthew. And it's a little bit different, but often the, the message is the same. You know, the Lord is giving us sort of rules for how to live a virtuous life, how to live a satisfied life. And much like the Gospel of Matthew, it doesn't make a lot of sense. If you're going to be happy, you need to be poor and hungry and weeping and have people hate you. If you do not want to be happy, you know, to receive consolation, to laugh, and to have others speak well of you. It doesn't quite add up when first approached. But when you put it in context of our first reading, there's two distinct images in the book of Jeremiah. You have a bush in the desert, a dried up, shriveled, pathetic looking plant in the desert, trying to survive, and has no hope. And then we have a tree planted besides the waters that stretches out its roots, its roots to the stream. So in your mind, you can think of that image, right? That plant in the desert, the plant by the stream. And in our mind, in this gospel, you know, we begin to think, uh, you know, where is our heart? Where are we centered? If it's focused on Christ, it's the stream. If it's the desert, it's not. And in our head, that's often easy to um, understand, right? My life is focused on Christ, then I'll be happy, then I'll be satisfied. Happy is the wrong word. I'm going to stop using that word. No one's happy. It's not about being happy, all right? but it's about living a profound life. It's about living an adventure. It's about being on mission in which, yeah, there will be happy days, but there will be tough days. But when you're grounded in the water, it doesn't matter if it's tough or not. It doesn't matter if it's hard or not. So the question is why I can just say this very briefly, right? Nobody wants to be in the desert. Nobody wants to have shriveled up roots clinging on to nothing. Yet, <laughs> we all still do it. Myself first and foremost, we all find ourselves divided. And that goes back to what St. Thomas Aquinas talked about is, you know, the pursuit of, of good. That everything we do, everything we do, we think it's going to lead to some good in our life. Even the rebel is out there Trying to be rebellious, well, for him, the rebelness is the highest good. So that means that in our life, when we find ourselves in the desert, we're there because whatever it is in the world that is our particular flavor of oddity, we think that's going to make us happy. There I use that word again. <laughs> We think it's going to lead to good in our life. And that's because culture is so important. Now, culture, it's a word that uh, oftentimes we definitely overthink. You know, what is, what is it? What is our culture? Like philosophically break down that word culture. Like what is it? And if you look at our culture right now, you know, what is the creativity spirit flowing from the heart of our culture? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the Super Bowl and Pepsi versus Cola. 
but it's a, it's a far cry. It's a far cry from what Christians at, at one time had. You know, for many hundreds and hundreds of years, the apex of culture was Christianity. The greatest musicians, the greatest artists, the greatest authors, the greatest poets created beauty, goodness, and art that separated this sort of nihilistic meaningless. It brought us up out of something, and then we could hold on to it, right? It's something that I've been reflecting with last several weeks, if not months, is how we do that in our parish. Um, boldly, succinctly, not well. Not well. What's an example of that? Maybe if you've experienced this situation. You've been at a high school basketball game. It's rivals. It's the fourth quarter. And the home team's down by two. They got the ball. And they got a chance to win the game. To be honest, I haven't been to a lot of basketball games in this area, but in Rockford, that was a big deal. The place would be packed, the energy would be buzzing, and everyone would be focused. There would be a togetherness, a community aspect that was truly uh, exhilarating, right? It's sport at its best, that sort of striving and competitive. Maybe you've heard it at a concert when there's a, a, your favorite song is going into the bridge and everyone in the entire concert, thousands of people are together and, and you're no longer one person, right? It's a collective coming together in something that's bigger than yourself. That's culture, right? And we see aspects of that, of which are good in English Premier League in jazz, in high school sports. We used to own that as Christians, all right? When have you experienced that coming to church? I hope you have. It's kind of rare, which is pretty sad, right? I come into Mass for several years now, and I got a few months left, which is why I stopped caring. Right? And a majority of, I'll just call it out, the men in our parish have what I will politely call a resting frowny face. And they just sort of sit there and are just waiting for Mass to be over. And I'm talking about a few of you sitting here right now. Right? That's not what Mass is supposed to be. If a high school basketball game or a movie or a concert can lift the human spirit Mass is supposed to do that better. It's supposed to be obvious that when we come into this church and we celebrate, we should be singing the, the roof off. Because this is the stream. This is where our roots need to be planted. Realizing that, yeah, it's hard out there. But in here, this is what it's all about. And the fact that we're so divided and confused about that has to do as much with me and the church and our parish as it does with 
how confused we are thinking about the things of this world and the things that are not of God being what's going to leave us happy, but actually we're just shriveling up pathetic human beings in the desert most of the time. I went to a mass once in the south of France, and it was the Easter Vigil. I hated the Easter Vigil because it was four hours long. But ever since that Mass, the Easter Vigil is my favorite Mass of the whole year. The church was packed. Every single person in that church was singing the most beautiful music I had ever heard in my entire life. And all of a sudden, my heart was lifted. My heart was lifted in a way that it never was in a basketball game, or a concert, or a movie. But I truly, in that moment, began to a greater ability to understand heaven on earth that we experience in Mass. And the reality is that that happens to a level that we'll never be able to understand every single time we come to Mass. But brothers and sisters, my challenge to you is let's help a little bit. Right? Participate in the Mass. Celebrate. And let this be a place of worship. Because out there, we're going to be put down. Out there, we're going to be divided. Out there, we're going to have every problem that the world can throw at us. And it's probably going to get worse. But in here, we're together. In here, we're focused. In here, we understand where our hope is, where our heart is centered. And it's on Christ. And may it be from this day throughout eternity.